Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Salop Cast. Uh, quite an exciting episode, Ollie, with everything that's gone home in the last three games. Uh, apologies we didn't join you last week, but with Easter we decided to take a little bit of time off. And um, with the games coming thick and fast, Ollie, we, we've obviously got a lot to cover, haven't we? But um, yeah, I suppose let's just cover off quickly how you're feeling after the fact town have, have probably got over the line maybe. How are you feeling after everything that's gone on in the last three games? Yeah, really good. Um, I think it almost took me until kind of like this morning to kind of realise that it's actually kind of... <laughs> That happened. It's been such a roller coaster um, for it to, you know, it's pretty much done, yeah. isn't it? Um, obviously, unless Vale go on a, a monster run um, in the last two games. So, no, no, it's kind of relief um, and also, yeah, just enjoyment, really. It has, it's had its down, it's had its dark moments, but <laughs> it's been a long season, but it's been fun as well. And also, it's obviously interesting for us doing the Salop cast. So, it's been interesting. Certainly so. Yeah, well, I think it's the same, isn't it? More relief for most people, I think, is probably the overriding emotion I think most people kind of came across with yesterday. But we'll, we'll get to yesterday, won't we? I mean, obviously, we should just yeah. say we've, we've been away for two weeks and we've got Walsall, um, Northampton and Southend to cover as games. And obviously, Shrewsbury went unbeaten in all of them, which is quite an exciting prospect. And um, yeah, just at the right time to come unbeaten in three games, wasn't it? So yeah, I think we're, we're pretty safe, aren't we, Ollie? And I think we're, we're finally happy to be, be not worrying about relegation worries. So um, yeah, hopefully we can go through these games now and bring everyone a little bit of our thoughts on it and then go with some of Salop news later and you want to get on to predictions don't you Ollie because there's been a big change around so um, lots to cover <laughs> I think we'll crack on with it and get into the Warsaw game mate Morning with the corner towards the far post and it is right there diving header and what a big goal that could be but she's returned so first game of the three that we're covering this episode um, was draw at home um, on Good Friday against Warsaw. So it was, um, yeah, it's trying to trying to cast my mind back um, to this game now, actually. Yeah, so the, the team that played this game was Luke Valer in goal, Grimmer um, was playing right back, Nasala, Sadler, Brown, and Wally and Rodman on the wings with Deegan and Morris um, and Dodds um, supporting Payne up front. Um, which was actually the same um, lineup um, that we started up at Rochdale. Yeah, I think it was. I think there was no real surprises there, was there? No, no, not at all. And I think it's kind of yeah, people wanted to kind of see Dodd, Dodds in the side at this point. And yeah, he he was he deserved his kind of starting place. And obviously, yeah. Payne, um, yeah, obviously, um, kind of warranted his, his place as well. And um, it was a good performance by Payne. Yep, damn right. Yeah, he's been been putting a bit more effort, hasn't he? And uh, I think we said last week about how Hurst said he just needs to get fit. And obviously, it's going to be a sort of recurring theme of these three games about now he looks fit, how much of a danger he is. So yeah, I mean, starting lineup was exactly what we probably expected. And um, yeah, I suppose we could have done with a better result, couldn't we? We didn't lose, but um, yeah, what, what did you make of the game, Ollie? Overall, um, it was a decent point, wasn't it? Um, in the context, obviously, we were on a bit of a, a bit of a, a losing streak, um, so it was good to pick up a, a valuable point. Um, I'd say um, a bit of a classic kind of town game, wasn't it? It's almost in this game. So in terms of kind of the, the Warsaw goal, so Warsaw scored in the first half. Um, it was a crossing from wide on their left um, on their left flank, um, and headed just back into the net, wasn't yeah. it? Kind of a low header into the back of the net. Um, I kind of put a question: Was it poor tracking? And it's one of those hard ones to defend, isn't yeah. it? It's almost you've got to stop the cross, haven't you? Really, uh, more than anything else. Um, unfortunately, it was down Grimmer's side, and and we'll come on to Grimmer a bit later on. I think in this discussion of this game, mm. but. Um, it's one of those goals, isn't it, where it's a decent goal from Walsall team, um, hard to kind of defend against. Um, but it was a dis- d- disappointing because at this point in the game, we'd had quite a few chances. Yeah, we'd played OK, hadn't we? You couldn't really argue too much with it. Maybe been maybe been guilty of missing chances, which has been a sort of recurring theme over the season. And, you know, letting win on 35 minutes is never ideal, is it? You know, you expect town to sort of crumble. That's kind of how I, I felt it might have gone. Um, but fair play, they sort of stood up to it and there was a bit more pressure from Walsall and they, they, they sort of kept them out a bit up to half time, didn't they? And, 
you know, we kept saying over the last few weeks, I don't know what your mates have been saying, but in every game we've been playing, you've just wanted to say, I hope we're in it into going into the last sort of 10, 15 minutes because, you know, if you can nick a point the way other teams were doing around us, that, that could have ended up being a good result. So it was good that we didn't, you know, end up going 2-3-0 down against Walsall at half-time and then sort of stayed in it. Um, and then we had a couple of chances, you say, and nothing really stood out to me. What, what, what was the sort of best chance you can think of that sort of stood out from that first half? Um, none. Yeah, there's a couple, couple of poorly put of pain chances, yeah. but... Yeah, I guess while there was a few chances, I guess the, the kind of the kind of the summary of the game was we were quite poor, weren't we? It took us a long time to kind of get into the game. It took us until the way into the second half for us to kind of switch in. And I think that was a disappointment for me on this game is that we didn't battle and we didn't fight considering it was a local mm. derby. Um, obviously, Walsall have brought a few a few fans. Um, the attendance was just short of a couple of hundred short of seven thousand. So, um, you know, you, it was all kind of set up for a big game, but. Yeah, it was just a bit sloppy in possession and um yeah, for me two players that really stood out who had really poor games was Walling Grimmer. Yeah. Um passing was woeful and, and their crossing was woeful and unfortunately um for for Grimmer, he was just he was terrible, wasn't he? He had a yeah. really, really poor game. I think it's probably fair to say it was his worst game he's ever had in Shrewsbury Show. Yeah, it was it was a bit embarrassing for the poor lad at times, wasn't he? He was sort of knocking crossfield balls straight out of play, he was losing his man under the flight the losing the ball under the flight of it and, and letting players get in and committing tackles and just getting nowhere near the ball. It was it wasn't great for him. And one of my mates next to me said I wanted to give him a he was saying I wanted to give him a one out of ten, which might have been a bit harsh, but you know, you know, when we look at those sort of out of ten football manager ratings that we sort of talked about before, it probably it wasn't more than the three at a push anyway was it so um yeah it was a shame to see him playing like that and he's come good since and we'll get to that as well but um certainly you know there was cause to concern with Riley being out and Grimmer playing like that that we might be getting caught out a bit more against some of the other teams in the running but didn't happen did it and as I say Wally you know for me we've, we've talked about this all season haven't we? and we'll probably talk about it in our end of season summary you know very much like Dodds sometimes he's unplayable sometimes he's not worth playing and you know that's league one standard for you isn't it um so yeah, yeah it was just one of those games wasn't it for Wally where um he, he just you know didn't give us that drive that he did you know in the next game against Northampton where it was sort of more pivotal so you know we can let the guy off if he's going to do it once in every two games it's just you know when he goes missing for three or four games in a row you start to worry but yeah both of those two particularly you know you should should flag up that they weren't too good Ollie it's, it's fair enough poor 65 minutes and then um yeah we did find so after um about 65 we kind of clicked into gear and um yeah we scored um a decent goal and um, while we've criticised Wally, obviously he crossed for yeah, pain yeah. and we headed into the back of the net. Made a note on the on the agenda because I didn't want to make sure we missed this. But did you notice some um, pain celebration at the time? He shushed the crowd, didn't he? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. he did. And I don't know whether that's because I've seen he's um, had a bit of abuse from some teenagers mm. on Twitter. So I don't know whether it's relating to that or whether he's noticed that the fans have been a bit um, unhappy with his performances. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, What's your view? Yeah, on I that? mean, it's not going to be the first time a town player's done, has it? Because I remember Chris Bright doing it. You know, he used to get loads of pelters, and I think was it? I think he scored away at um, Port Vale and getting shushed all the Shrewsbury Town fans in like an important game as well. So, um, yeah, maybe it's something to do with local derbies and misfiring strikers that we've got. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you don't like to see it as a fan, you can get a bit uppity about it. But if he's been receiving abuse and he thinks he's been doing the right things and we've not not been seeing his best. I suppose fair enough he wants to give it back a little bit we, we give it you know fans give it to someone they've got to expect to get it back every now and again as long as it's not you know more than a little bit of shushing or a bit of sort of you know bantery as long as it doesn't get sweary and aggravated and, and aggressive I, don't, I wouldn't want to see it go that far but yeah obviously no. he was fully motivated and wanted to show people what he, what he was made of and I don't really have too much of a problem with it as long as it doesn't go much further than than what he did really. Yeah, it, it did, and obviously we got the we got the the beauty of this pod is also we got the context after the 
and the results after and the performances after that game. Um, and to be fair to him, he has been um, a standout player as mm. he, over the last three games. So, yeah, I guess it was just his way of kind of just sharing that kind of frustration he's had. Um, and yeah, um, it was a decent goal. And unfortunately, um, we didn't we weren't able to get another chance, were we? No, we didn't really have it. Uh, two, two things I would say off the back of that is this is something we said on the podcast a few weeks ago about celebrations, and we weren't sure about Wally's celebration, were we, Ollie? Uh, as well, he yep. did like a t- he did like a T, and we thought we was talking about putting it in the top corner, but apparently we found out later it was because he did had the birth of, of his daughter or something like that, and and she was named with a T, I think it was. So that no, it was a J. It was a J. Sorry, that was it. Was a J. Yeah, Hard to tell, isn't it? But uh, there you go. So at least it answered that question because we were we were sort of compl- you know one wondering what the heck that was all about. Um, and and still on Wally as well. I suppose the one thing to say is that. I said just then that I don't think he had a very good game. And, and actually, one of the things I would say about Wally that is, is the reason why I think he splits people 50-50 is that even in a game where he doesn't play very well, you know, he came up with something, didn't he? You know, he got an assist in this game. And yeah. there was, there's been quite a lot of games this year where the one performances where I've come away thinking Wally was poor, Wally was poor, you know, he might have scored or he, or he set one up and people are thinking, oh, he's done a good job there. So it, it is 50-50, isn't it? You know, is is a poor performance for 90 minutes salvaged by getting a goal or an assist it's quite it's quite an interesting debate isn't it I'm, I'm not too sure myself but i normally fall on the side of you know watching someone for 90 minutes and thinking was their contribution for that entire time they're on the pitch really really worth it and yeah it's it's always trickier to make that judgment when someone scored or got an assist isn't it so you've got to give him that credit as well he does you know he must he must be up there in our assist top assisters this season as well if not top i'd imagine he is but yeah yeah i, I should give him some credit as well because we're in a positive mood today <laughs> He's, um, he's a very frustrating player. I think we all think after this game was when we had a, a debate on Twitter, wasn't there, about about his performances? Mm. Um, and yeah, without going into too much detail, it's it's his thing. is more even he's, from Wally. It's more frustration in his bad decisions and sometimes not crossing or passing the mm. ball, which means you know he could be even more effective. But as you said, it is League yeah, One. Exactly. Um, but it's just a shame that he get, he's such a good dribbler. He must be one of the best dribblers in the league. Um, and we'll come on to that obviously away at Northampton, yeah. um, but um, yeah, sometimes he just he he could be more effective than he than he has been. But anyway, um, he's 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 done well in the last. Yeah. He's done well under yeah, Hurst, yeah, he's overall. Done fantastic, and and I suppose that was it really. I mean, there's not much more to say on the Walsall game. It was it's back on Easter Friday, wasn't it? And it was. I say, yeah, you exactly. said it was good to see a lot of people in there, but it was actually a very scrappy game. You know, if we're just briefly talking yeah, about this one, it was it was poor. Shrewsbury were generally poor for for most of the game, as you say. And then Warsaw weren't, Warsaw weren't very good either, I didn't think. So it was one of them games, really. Yeah, do you want to just make, share, before we do the three-word match reports, do you want to share kind of her comments on this game? Because I thought he summarises the kind of the, the game quite well. Yeah, yeah, I'm just reading through them now, Ollie. You know, he's pleased with the response after 65 minutes, um, which is kind of what I think most town fans were thinking, really. And it, it, I, I'd go back and just think about the fact that we've been saying it for a, probably since Hurst came in. Would it be fair to say that most of our best performances where we've salvaged points and salvaged games has been in the last sort of quarter of a game? We seem to have been coming good in in those periods of the games, really. I don't know whether we'll we'll look at that at the end of the season and just, you know, figure out when we scored our goals and her stuff. But it just seems to me that, that, you know, maybe it's a sub that's, you know, got us back into gear or fans have started to get behind us when it's getting a bit crunchy and and maybe turn things around. So, yeah, it was good that we we did respond and that Hurst was pleased with it. But like everyone else, he was disappointed with the first 65 minutes and and said we didn't win any any tackles or headers. Um, And then he said, forget tactics. This is the basics of football, which was quite nice to hear. Um, Sometimes it's about running and being positive. Um, We were so slow getting and going going backwards, which uh, we were so slow and we were going backwards. So, yeah, like everyone else, I wasn't particularly impressed with the first 65 minutes. Um, Nice to see that, you know, he he acknowledged that... um, 
the crowd were great again and stayed with the town fans. The town fans stayed with the, the team again, which has been a sort of a, a key thing in the running, I think, and, and something that's really helped us. Um, actually said we should have booed them off at half-time. And I think we were talking, weren't we, at half-time, thinking why, why have they not booed off there? Because it was pretty poor, wasn't it, Ollie? Um, so that was quite interesting. But like everyone else, it ended up being a crucial point and he acknowledged that um, and said he shouldn't have started Dodds. You, you saw why you sort of wanted to start Dodds and why he came off at half-time, didn't you, Ollie? Yeah, I think everyone was kind of pleased to see Dodds, and I was pleased to see him in the starting lineup. Um, but in the context um, of him, and he's obviously having a child, um, he said that his leg has gone at half time. Yeah. So fair play for Dodds having the um, the kind of the audacity to kind of just say, you know what, you know what, boss, for the good of the team, I'm better come mm. off. Um, so fair play to him that he shouldn't have started him, but obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and and he had been instrumental in the last few weeks, bits and pieces, hadn't he? So and and fans wanted him, so it's it was quite a must have been quite a tricky decision for Hurst to to drop him. You know that might have got people thinking what's going on. So yeah, it was good that good that they got him off as soon as possible, really, and that, and obviously then saved his legs for a few more games down the line as well because. I've had kids, Ollie, and they don't stop being babies for a good couple of years. So <laughs> the, the sleep problem, the sleep problems continue for a certain extent. So he'll have a nice, he'll have a nice uh, sleepless series of sleepless nights over the summer. So um, yeah, I don't know what's in the water because a few of them have had children recently, haven't they? So um, yeah, that's, yeah, I should imagine they're all looking forward to their summers off and being able to look after their babies, which is which is nice. So there we go. So yeah, that was yeah. what Hurst had to say about things, and I think probably just worth going over, you know, our top threes as well because we have mentioned yeah, Payne briefly, um, but he was fantastic, wasn't he? And we both went for him for man of the match, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We both went for him. For first i thought he put in a right proper shift mm. you know really working hard as a target man um and yeah it was a, a good performance for me all around um it's a shame um shame we didn't get a couple more chances and a bit more um kind of service and yeah maybe he could have got a second yeah i mean it's, it's the sort of work rate that you like to see from a forward player that inspires other others around him to keep working just as hard because when you've got a striker putting in that shift as you just described which is a great word for it you've You've got to kind of step up to his level, otherwise you look even worse, don't you, to the fans? And then you know you can look like you're the lazy one all of a sudden. So yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Um, you know, took his goal well in terms of, of, of the header that he, he scored, and and his, fan, his all-round play was fantastic. His heading ability, him and Junior Brown don't really miss many headers between them, do they? In, in terms of a game overall. So um, yeah, I thought he was really good. I mean, I'll go through the rest of mine. I went for Saddle number two again. I mean, there was a lot of pressure that also had on us, particularly in the first half. And and again, as the skipper, he, he stood up to it and. And was fantastic, I thought, again, and, and, and solid and dependable. He's, you know, we say the same things about Sadler every week. So um, there was that. Yeah. And, and I think I gave it to Lutwile a third place because he made it some fantastic saves again and a couple of them were really vital at the points in the game where you know Walsall were 1-0 up and they could have easily gone 2-0 up a couple of times I think so I went for Wilder look, look number three as well yeah no definitely um, so I went for Toto second I thought he was solid yep. and at the risk of getting confused between all the games I'm sure this is a game where Wilder did that really quick kind of um, save and then, that, then tipped it over the it bar it was yeah um, yeah, so great reactions from Luke Filer and um, you know I've been giving him a bit of stick. He he had a really good game here, so yeah, he definitely had to be in my top three for his performance. So fair play to yeah, him. Yeah, that little that little move. It's, he saved two clear goals, didn't he? Within seconds of each yeah. other, and um, we were we were rattling, rattled a little bit, weren't we? At that point, I think, and it could easily have, have gone wrong. So and that's what you want your keepers for. You know, he might not have the greatest kick in, and he might make the odd mistake, but also there's vital times where he makes a vital save at the right point. I always sort of think it's a bit like um, he's not the, as good as David De Gea at Man United, but when they've struggled, Man United. David De Gea always has a good game um, and it's sort of the similar thing with Town isn't it when we've struggled and we've got something out of a game it's normally if you look back at all the man of the match votes we've had over the season the reason that Lutwell has got so many points in our sort of Salopcast player of the season awards is because 
we we kind of attribute those saves as to being as good as goals really because you know if you if you keep a couple of good saves out and they're, and they're at right times of the game and you win us a point it's just as good isn't it so yeah i think that that's the reason why we we generally seem to go for him quite a lot because he does make those key saves at, at key times really so yeah there you go okay well we were pretty close weren't we in terms of, of the top yeah. threes other than the, the two center backs so yeah you did your three word match report as well for this one ollie yeah so we had uh, dave Mateus with one point gained um wayne davis of a scrappy affair um, Craig Thomas with a poor defending again and Alex Crossan with pain strikes again, which I thought was quite a nice little summary yeah. of um, of the game. Yeah, very true. So there was that, back on Easter Easter Monday and then... Uh, and then Easter, Easter, Easter Friday, Friday, yeah. yeah it, was so, it all came so close, didn't it, to be fair? And then <laughs> it did, yeah. I, I remember between that and the Northampton game, eating a lot of chocolate <laughs> and then obviously uh, most of my kids' chocolate. And then, um, yeah, so it was only a few days later, we were off down to Northampton. And again, we both went, didn't we, Ollie? Um, and I we think we, we were sort of uh, sort of corresponding via text when we trying to meet up before but I ended up sitting a little bit further away from you didn't I but um, the one thing we were both staggered about was old Agogo was back in the team which was absolutely fantastic wasn't it it was it was a massive surprise really caught everyone unaware no one expected him to be playing no and, and it does show the grand job um, that, that the medical team at Shujutan have done because we've, they've been putting sort of videos up about his recovery and you'd seen how much work he'd been putting in and I think I think it might be in the comments afterwards. But Paul Hurst called him a freak of nature, didn't he? In terms of his his physical attributes, and to get back from that yeah. injury, and I, I previously talked, I had a knee injury, and, and you know, I've been through the physio. Of that obviously not at an athletic level, Ollie, in a professional football team, but um, you know, it is flipping nasty to be fair, and and for his body to have healed that quickly is is absolutely unreal, really. And did he look out of place, Ollie? Did he balls? He was no. straight back to the sort of solid, dependable player that we've been missing and, and one of the reasons why we'd slip back into trouble. And it's not surprising he's been back two games and we haven't lost one. You know, that says a lot as well, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, so it's probably just worth going through sort of the overview of the game, really, Ollie, isn't it? So, yeah, we went yep. down to Northampton Town on uh, on the 17th of April, which was Easter Monday, um, and it was 1-1. Um, obviously, there was more than just a couple of goals in this game, Ollie. Uh, they scored on 21 minutes. That bugger, Matt Richard, Mark Richards. Mark Richards, isn't it? He always scores against us. Yeah. You know, obviously the, the goals he scored against us for Vale stick in the mind a bit more than any of the other ones. Um, and then we got back level on 66 minutes and they proceeded, well, they'd had a, they'd had a red card on 56. Um, I say we got a goal on 66, proceeded to batter them for 20 minutes and try and get the last minute, you know, last minute winners. Um, and then they had another guy sent off on 91 minutes. So they went down to nine men. But we couldn't go over the line, could we, Ollie? Which was, which was a little disappointing. No. Um, the only other thing about the, the team that started, um, which was Lutweiler, Grimmer, um, Lasada, Sadler, Brown, and then Wally, Yates, Agogo, and Robman in midfield, and Dodds and Payne up front. Um, obviously, other than Agogo coming back, there was a recall for Yates, um, which was interesting. Um, I never really saw why um, Deegan dropped out of the team. You know, I, you know, it's a bit of a strange one, that wasn't it? You would have thought we might have gone back to Deegan and Agogo. What did you make of that when you saw that Yates was dying? Um, I was actually quite pleased because I thought um, I thought that both Yates and Morris have, have quite impressed yeah. me. Um, Deegan sometimes can be a bit a bit leggy, a bit slow. Mm. Um, maybe he just kind of maybe just the season um, and having a kid had just caught up with him. Maybe he's lost his mojo, losing his beard. I don't. Uh, know. Yeah, we um, did notice that. It's, 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 he looks. <laughs> he lost it for the Warsaw game. Yeah, he? it looks very weird. I, don't know, I wasn't sure what was going on. It was, look, you know, maybe it's the yeah, it's like Samson when he loses his hair, he loses, loses his ability. He needs to grow out over the summer again to get back to his best form. But yeah, I thought. It was quite an interesting change and obviously we, we obviously still had Dodds and Payne playing up front um, together which was yep. probably worth it um, but we found out later Lepado had had an injured toe so he couldn't play yep. um, and Riley had broken his wrist a couple of days beforehand so he hadn't got the yep. required medical gear to play which he did get for the next game so yeah that was that was the team really so um, yeah it was an interesting old game Ollie wasn't it where do you want to start with this it one? It was I was worth just kind of just being positive in terms of I thought we started the game really well so opposite to the Warsaw game we started 
good passing, good movement, and really stretching yeah. them. Um, and we really kind of dominated um, possession. Um, and then, unfortunately, bloody Richards. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's good, isn't he? He's he's a pain in the. He's the kind of striker you kind of want in your team because yes. it's quite funny to see your own players winding up opposition fans yeah. and and also causing havoc because he did um, he did he did try to boss Sadler around quite a bit and he was fairly successful in that. Mm. Um, and it was just an unfortunate, wasn't it? It's was a fortunate goal where both Luke Weiler and Agogo tried to go towards the ball across the box, which then meant that um, the winger crossed the ball into um, Richards, who headed into an empty net. So it was a bit of an unfortunate It one. was unfortunate, but to be fair, that winger knocked the ball across. That was a great cross. He really dug it yeah, out, didn't it he? And, and um, you know, he took all of our players out of the game, really, as much as you could, and Richards he, he yeah. never misses those sort of chances at the back post. So, no. yeah, and he gave the, give the fans a little bit of a, a abuse back, didn't he? But to be fair, the town fans had been calling them uh, all sorts, all the names under the sun for the sort of yeah. previous 20 minutes, hadn't they? So I think, you know, again, like um, our own players shushing us, it was fair enough he gave us a bit back. I don't you know, as long as it doesn't spill over, which, you know, sometimes it does, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, which was a bit disappointing, but we didn't. I don't. I don't think it retreated us too much back into our shell, Ollie. We we maybe went, no, it didn't. Maybe no. went back a little bit for a five minutes, just sort of readjusted, and you know maybe Hurst got a few more instructions out there. But they did sort of you know rally towards the end of the half. You know it was only twenty one minutes in, so they kept going, they kept pushing, um, and we certainly had a couple of chances. But I think one of the keys for me in the first half was. You know, we, we say we were direct, Ollie, and we, we were running at them, and we were. We were committing them to tackles and forcing them into sort of corners. We had quite a lot of corners um, and, and lots of sort of attacking throw-ins. But just was that one thing we were missing that sort of... Either we were missing the final killer ball from one of the wingers, um, and Wally was, was, was decent-ish, um, but Robman was pretty abject, I thought, in the first half. Yeah, he was. Um, and, or they did dig something out, and it was slightly decent, and then the strikers were left wanting or a sort of a yard or two off it. So we just didn't quite click in the sort of front six for me in the, in the first half, which was why we, we didn't manage to get a goal back then, really. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's probably, Rodman's probably worth, um, um, I think, talking about him at the end of the season. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of... He helps with the shape, doesn't yes. he? But um, and it, with the work effort. But I don't think he offers enough going forward. Well, the, 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 I just said it. But um, yeah, it's um, and this game was really frustrating um, because. So yeah, so in terms of um, before I was going to go ahead of myself, then it's probably better to talk about um, how the player did get sent off, isn't it? For those who weren't at the game. Yeah, yeah. So Wally turned him inside and out <laughs> all game, um, and. Yeah, he got a couple of yellow cards. Um, he could have been sent off, couldn't he, before? Um, he should have been. He was actually sent off. Yeah, he should, yeah, you're right. He should have been sent off. And then he was finally sent off um, for a... It was a bit of a soft um, foul and yellow card, but I guess it was just you've had you've had enough chances now. Yeah. Um, we sent him off, which is fair enough. Yeah, it, I think it was... For us as town fans, it was fair enough. Obviously, Northampton fans were livid, should we say, about the whole decision. Yeah. Um, but for me... The first tackle he made where he didn't get booked was 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 a definite yellow card and the referee let him off with it. So I think it was maybe a little bit of that playing on his mind for that. The next, So we'd obviously been booked. Then he made a, a bad tackle that should have been booked and been sent off. And then the third tackle, which was a, was a sort of, was worthy of a, a, a talking to from the referee, definitely. And Wally made the most of it, I think, is fair to say. He went down and sort of didn't, yeah, didn't roll did. and roll and roll, but went down looking for a penalty. Yeah, went looking for a, a sort of another booking because he knew that he had the guy on toast. Um, so maybe a little bit of that played on the referee's mind with the, with the tackle before thinking have I made a mistake here so I, I can you know I can maybe see that that was probably one of the things that might have had it but you know the amount of trouble we've had with referees you know 
something went our way, shall we say, on, on that circumstance. So, you know, we're not going to begrudge it as Shrewsbury Town fans, are we? No, he, he was definitely a, a red yeah. card. Um, I think um, they just felt that um, Wally went down softly a few times. But, um, you know, considering they've got Richards in their team, I'm sure they've been um, applauding his antics all season. So, Did, yeah, I'm not going to lose any sleep worrying about that. No, and the, and the most ironic thing about it was, is I, I, we've seen most teams this season, you know, there's probably only a couple of teams I never saw this season. And of all of them, Northampton were probably the biggest bunch of divers not divers per se but any tackle on them they went down didn't they you know it was a clear instruction from their manager and particularly Richards and the other striker you know the other guy that was playing it from the merest touch and they were down on the floor looking for free kicks and obviously they've got you know maybe maybe they've picked up on the fact that we're absolutely awful at defending free kicks this season and so that was a tactic that they they'd instilled so you know it was interesting that their manager was afterwards moaning about you know how unfair it was and, and Wally maybe potentially going down too easy when for me they were doing it all game I thought you know I hate it when managers are that blinkered that they can't see that their own players were doing it as well but you know you back your own team don't you but I thought that was a bit a bit much really at the end of the game but um yeah I mean Wally didn't just have him on toast pretty much anyone that went near Wally got done and sort of you know brought him down it's just a shame he didn't quite have that final final sort of delivery for most of the game really yeah it was definitely the case um, I think um, well Northampton are one of those annoying teams aren't they where they're very soft I mean and quick to go down themselves yep. but um, very dirty as well yeah. <laughs> um, and um, obviously kind of just, if you just push ahead to the second red um, he could have been sent off earlier as well so his name's Old Tall but let's just call him Tall <laughs> um, he um, he was he was you know pulling shirts and um, you know fouling constantly throughout the entire game mm. Um and did you notice that um, he did that two-foot tackle from behind, didn't he, when he was on a yellow already on yep. Yates? Yep. Which Sadler it. then had a word with the ref, and the referee was very kind of dismissive and almost quite aggressive towards Sadler. Yeah. Um, but then obviously he did it again um, and got sent off quite rightly. So I don't... I don't think they can complain no. um, about either of the Reds. No. Um, I think one of our players got booked for dissent for moaning about that tackle. I, I, that could well have been happening. You know, say we've had three games, so I think that you know, I think Sadler either got a very big talking to, or someone got booked for dissent. I can't remember, but I remember, I remember that incident happening, now, and it wasn't a tackle because it was the ball sort of came out to the wing, didn't it? And sort of the referee's focus moved very quickly from the tackle onto sort of a Shrewsbury Town's developing attack. But you know, we were all thinking, oh, we'll go back and sort this out. I didn't know he was on a booking at the time, that guy, so I wasn't expecting a red card anyway. But yeah, they were just it would have been mad the way they played that second half Northampton because you know they it was a fairly even game Ollie I'd say that until they had their first red card you know they'd obviously scored we'd come back at them and play pretty well you know you couldn't say we were bad you couldn't say they were bad it was two decent-ish teams sort of playing as playing a decent standard level you know lowish league league one football so it wasn't wasn't too bad of a game but um yeah to get two players sent off is just poor discipline and um you know, it ruined the game from really, and they were lucky not to lose. Yeah, they were, um, and um, that's a nice link in time. Of we didn't take advantage, did we, of no. them going down to ten men? Um, usually, when you go to ten men, the, the plan is normally just to quicker the tempo, um, stretch the play, um, and they were still playing with two strikers. Um, so there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't have um, try and create some more mm. space and. I don't know whether we just almost thought it was going to happen too easily and, and nothing really happened. We didn't create enough clear-cut chances um, from 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 the 56th minute when he got sent off, um, which, was, which was disappointing. It was very disappointing, Ollie. And I th- it, it was interesting. I thought that, you know, they they tried and, and they huffed and puffed a lot, like they had been doing when they were versus 11 men. Um, and obviously we did get the goal 10 minutes after they went down to 10 men. But it was it was sort of like a sort of 
sort of 10, 15 minutes go gun blazing against 10, 10 men and we got the goal and we had two or three other slightly better chance, you know, decent chances as well. But we really sort of sat back and, and in all honesty, when we were playing against 10 before they went down to nine, there was a period towards the end where they were sort of on top of us, Ollie, and, and they looked like they yeah. could be the next ones to score, which was which was a little bit disconcerting. Um, and obviously a point, again, as the way the results were going, it wasn't looking too bad for us, What was it, Ollie, with results? Because there were some games that were played the day before and the day after as well in League One. Um, so it was already looking like a point was good. But again, it was just a case of, you know, if we could just get this goal against nine or ten men here, we're going to be pretty much sorted and not have to worry about the last sort of two or three games. But it wasn't to be, but it ended up being a decent point in the end, wasn't it, Ollie? And then it was a cracking day out again, just to sort of say that. You know, it was a good a good sort of uh, amount of town fans that were there and a good atmosphere. And yeah, it was, it was a nice way to spend Easter Monday. It was a good atmosphere, um, which was... Um... Yeah, it was good. It was the town fans are in there in numbers um, and in noise as well. And there was quite a bit of banter, wasn't there, between us and the um, the, the Northampton fans, yeah. um, which was quite funny. Um, and yeah, it was just a shame, really, wasn't it? Um, as Hurst said, we th- he thought that we played. You know, he's happy with the performance. Um, and in the context of how we played against Walsall, it was definitely an improvement, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was certainly more attacking, and, and that's what t- town fans have been wanting to see, wasn't it? In the in the sort of situation we are, it was. A case of going at teams now and looking to impose our game on them and, and be up, be the ones that need the win. You know, Northampton didn't really have anything riding on the game, did they? In all seriousness, no. um, but they didn't roll over. You know, and, and they've got to be commended for that. Um, obviously, they they let their heads go and, and lost lost their sort of three points because of that. But um, yeah, it wasn't an easy game. Still, you know, you'd expect them to have maybe been one of our easier games in the running. It certainly wasn't that. So um, yeah, poor poorest comments were interesting, really. Um, yeah, I mean, he also said for me over the course of the season, a point away from home is always pretty good. I suppose, yeah, take it in the context of the season, and that's not that's not really an unfair thing to say. Um, and he also said it's just like the fact that they did have ten men. It's not always easy, and I still feel we dominated the game. We just couldn't make that second one fall for us, and there were some good blocks from them, which is fair enough. I say you, you sort yeah, of think that we weren't great against ten men, but we did still create a couple of a couple of good chances. But wasn't to be. Um, and that was that really. So what, what did you go for top three on, on this one, Ollie? Yeah, I went for Worley because um, he was um, persistent. Obviously, he had the um, he, he put the, the, the free kick in for Sadler to score um, on the basis that he kind of dominated the game and was very influential going forward. Um, I put him number one. I thought he deserved a man of the match for me. Mm. Um, then I went for Sadler because he was just, he had a very tough game, um, but he kept on battling. He didn't really make any mistakes and even he had a tough afternoon yeah. and obviously he scored the goal, um, which is a really nice header um, from Wally. So that was good. Um, and I went for a go-go third because he's playing, so he's got to be in the top three, hasn't he? You're right, yeah. <laughs> and he was, he, he was solid as, as, he was good. as anything. And he, he really kept the midfield ticking over and, and did all the work that we'd been missing. You know, we've, we've talked about him quite a lot and it's probably no work, man, there's a bit tackling, heading, you know, passing. It was all, it was all bang on really. And, and for a man that was, must've been thinking about his knee, um, I thought, I just thought fair play to him. So yeah, I mean, I'd he can't have been good. He didn't look, he didn't act like, it's a good point actually. He was throwing himself into challenges, wasn't he? Yes. He didn't look like he was worried about his injury. No, he certainly, he certainly didn't hold back from anything, which is brave because when we were talking at the game, I was sitting with some of my mates that were sitting with at the meadow, we were thinking about the James Wozlowski sort of situation where he had a very yeah. similar injury. He came back probably a little bit slower than, than um, Abu did. Um, and I think it was away at Chesterfield. No, I can't remember. Maybe it was, yeah, I think it was away at Chesterfield and we lost 7-1. Potentially, I could be wrong there. But I remember him coming on at an away game um, and he was, you know, throwing himself into challenges. And obviously he went and got injured pretty much straight away, didn't he? So, you know, the risk is there. That first game back to, to, to sort of think, you know, you could put yourself out for another six to eight months or something like that. So, brave brave bloke to, to be doing that sort of thing and, and fair play uh, we're, we're so glad to have him back and, and incredibly lucky to have seen him again this season so 
yeah, I hope the guy goes away this summer and has a massive, massive holiday and rests his knee the entire time and comes back not having to worry about anything. So, yeah, that was good. I mean, I had a go-go in my top three as well, Ollie. I had I had Sadler. I thought, considering, you know, Richards is a, is a wily, wily fox at this level, um, and also they had a couple of good strikers, you know, they had a quick, pacey guy on the wing. Sadler stood yeah, up... Yeah, that was stood, pretty good going Yeah, Sadler, Sadler did a real good job standing up to all of them, um, led the back line, and also... You know, when it comes to the context of the season and that desperation for that equaliser, with that, where with how the results were going, great cross from Wally as a shay, and you know he got above everyone. It was an imperious header, wasn't it? He just he was towering above everyone, and you know yeah, almost almost headed it down. He was so high. I thought it was a brilliant header, um, and just continues to impress each week. I similar for you. I went for a go go like we've just been talking about there, so I went for him for number two. And the, the lad that's grown on me the most, I think, which is why I probably went for him over Wally, was Yates. I thought. Again, for a young pro, he's growing each game. Um, and him and him and Agogo worked really well in that game. It was one of the sort of yeah, cornerstones of, of where a lot of our attacks started from. Um, they would both go on offer from the defence and they could both bring it out. And also, they're both probably more attacking than, say, Deegan is as well. So that was yeah. an, another reason why we played. Like, we've just talked about a slightly more attacking brand of football. We weren't sitting with two sitters. We had both of them that could get forward. I mean, Agogo probably didn't do it as much as Yates in the game, but it was just nice to see them both be able to do that. So, yeah, I thought they, they all, all three of them were totally fantastic. Yeah, just on Yates, he looks like he's good player doesn't he, he yeah. doesn't he, he doesn't um over um he doesn't try to do the the difficult things he does the basic things um he was unfortunate as well he had quite a few powerful shots blocked at short range um which sounded quite you know there's a real thud from his shots yeah. um so yeah he looks like a good player and fair play to him he's really putting a shift for us yep. so yeah he can be pleased um, with his performances and i'm sure um the reports going back to forest have been positive well you know we won't be able to loan him next season when we're in the same league as them so that's a shame <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a shame um, we'll buy him. so yeah yeah well maybe he'll play for them it'd be interesting to see how he gets on yeah. next season yeah, well, yeah they'll be desperate uh, for some players I imagine most of most of their off decent players are any decent wages will leave when they get relegated so well, yeah, I'm sure they hope they do go because <laughs> obviously the, the wage bill will be quite high yeah it'd be a good opportunity for them anyway a good opportunity for Yates well that's if they go down uh, they're yeah. like three points ahead of relegation so they might stay up but well, um, who knows? We can do a championship review at the end of the season <laughs> and see who's come yeah, down. Exactly. Um, so there you go. Your free ma- word match report on this one, Ollie. Yeah, so we had um, um, Paul said, welcome back, Agogo. Um, Alex deserved more, which I thought was fair. Mm. Um, um, Lewis, um, Lewis Jones had better team performance, um, which is good, which is an important note, isn't it? Yeah. In the sequence of results. I mean, it was a good performance. Um, yet another draw, which I thought was, yeah, okay, it was another draw, but a good point away from home. Mm. Um, and then uh, Mr. Edwards was saying, sat up, fans who Superb, which I thought they were as well. So, so no, um, another point on the road, um, two points in two games. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting. I mean, we just draw a line there before we go into what happened yesterday, which is obviously the next the next chapter in our season and quite a big chapter it was. So at the end of Easter, I mean, it, it felt a little bit like we'd done all right, but we we missed some opportunities in terms of being able yep. to put things safe, didn't it? So it made us feel a little bit more comfortable because obviously Vale are on this god awful run where since they beat us, they haven't won, I don't think, and they've scored like one goal and eight or something ridiculous like that. Um, so they've not been able to capitalise on their games in hand and they've, they've not been able to catch us at all. Obviously, Swindon are on a pretty equally bad run. Um, I think Barry and Gillingham had got a, a good result each over Easter and they sort of pulled away a little bit. But, you know, it, it made us feel a bit more comfortable with the games had, had sort of whittled down and we had a little comfort cushion again. But it also made us feel like oh, we were going to come back to regret not getting more points out of a home game versus Walsall and an away game against nine men. As it turned out, we rolled on to, you know, last Saturday and 
got a 1-0 win against Southend and everything was rosy, Ollie. So, you know, that those nerves went away straight away, didn't they? Yeah, I was quite nervous going to scan. wasn't really expecting too much. Um, yeah. Obviously, Southend uh, having a much better season than us. Um, after the... Uh, with, by, with them losing, um, they're, they're one point off the playoff. Um, so, you know, you go in, you're a relegation battle, side that's in a relegation battle, um, and you're going against a team that nearly get into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, you're not hopeful, are you? And you know, if you were a betting man, if you were putting an accumulator on and you were neutral in this game, then you would definitely would have gone probably gone for a safe man away win. Yep. Um, and their odds were very good, actually. I can remember looking at my accumulators there. Their odds were very short um, to win this game, um, but fortunately, um, yeah, didn't. we, um, yeah, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and interestingly for me, this is my tenth game in a row. Um, so I've been to quite a lot of games. Um, yeah, <laughs> glut, glut, yeah. W- Love my punishment, I guess. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been to a lot of games in a row, um, and uh, yeah, this one was my tenth. Um, so, yeah, it's a it was a good result, um, and yeah, a lot of football in the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, a much much needed win, um, and obviously just looking. It's not to say too much, but yeah, looking ahead, it was we needed the three points, didn't we, to kind of put ourselves in a in a much more um, comfortable position going to the last game. Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, we've had some decent results and I've seen some good performances from town this season. There have been a couple of games which you could point to and we'll probably will in our season review. Yeah. But for me, Saturday was probably one of the most enjoyable games. Um purely because I just I, you know, I love football. You know, it's it's my main passion, my hobby. I just I love the game, you know, with a passion. And, you know, when you get two teams with with a couple of games to go, with with everything for both teams riding on it you know they've got promotion ambitions you know we've got you know relegation you know trying to avoid relegation issues and there's other games going on across the country which have an effect and you get the roars from the crowd where something's happened so they needed Millwall to lose didn't they and and Millwall went behind um, and there was a big roar from their fans and we were then starting to look at Port Vale fans and people started to see Port Vale were 1-0 behind and just all of the drama that you get from games like this it's just it's just fantastic and I know you probably feel the same way but just just when you get one of those games and they might not come around every year you know certainly they don't most of the time um, you know, you've got to save them, haven't you? And it's always so much more sweeter when you're the ones to come out of it and and win. And that, so for me, I, I probably enjoyed Saturday more than I've enjoyed any other game this season. It was just the drama of it, really. Yeah, it was. It was. It's interesting when you mentioned the word drama. Um, obviously, earlier on in the game, their fans were singing twenty minutes before kickoff. Yeah. Um. So they brought quite a lot of fans in there. And they're all in kind of like bit of fancy dress. And it was also that. Did you hear um their fans when they heard that Millwall were losing? Yeah, they're really loud. Um, which kind? Of, yeah, we got really loud, and they kind of get going again. And it definitely had that kind of, you know, that big game feel to it, didn't it? Yeah, and and also, the the crowd. You know, there was seven thousand three hundred there, wasn't there? They pretty much sold out. There was a few empty seats, yep. but I think. Probably there was people who got too drunk and fell asleep in a pub. Probably, and but also I think probably they'd crushed up, hadn't they? They'd, they'd <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, there was people. Were... People standing at the back wasn't there again, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And obviously we we had a pretty healthy crowd as well, and and the noise was was fantastic, and the atmosphere uh, you know also helped add to that drama. And, and I thought the Shrewsbury fans were brilliant on Saturday in terms of trying to carry their team across the line, and I know that that was hugely appreciated by the football club and the players from everything I've read previously. So. That also added to the drama, and just even the game. You know, there, there was there was a there was drama in the game, wasn't there? You know, each chance that yep. was snatched out, or you know, half chance we had, or refereeing decision. It was just it, you knew it was playing such a huge part into the end end that you know these two teams were going to end up getting at the end of the season. So you know, I just I just love it. I love those sort of things. So yeah, I mean, did you want to just quickly go over who played and stuff like that, and then we'll probably go into the actual details of the game. But yeah, I thought yeah. it was just, just worth saying that because it was brilliant. No, no, it was good for good those contexts, especially those exiles <laughs> um, across in. Japan and South um, South Africa who couldn't go to the game. Yeah, it was a it was a, fe- a special kind of atmosphere, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it was good. So um, Luke Viler in goal as always. Um, so Riley came back um, and 
for Grimmer, which is not a surprise. Obviously, we've already mentioned Grimmer's performances. Yeah. He did do better at Northampton. Um, but um, I think I just, over the course of the season, Riley's definitely won that kind of battle in my mind. Um, so Nasala, Sadler, Brown, um, Wally and um, Rodman on the wings. Yates um, played again and a go go. Yeah. So those definitely warranted their places. Um, Dodds was supposed to start. But um, he must have got injured in the warm-up because on the way in, I heard he was starting. Um, so obviously that meant that we had two changes. So Riley coming in and Morris playing as a number 10. And interestingly, actually, I thought that Yates was going to play in the number 10 role. Um, but he didn't. He kept Yates in the, um, the central midfield role and played Morris in the number 10 role. Mm, and Morris was decent, wasn't he, in general? Yeah, he was. Um you know, I sit by my brother. I've met. He's obviously been on the podcast a couple of times. But Mike, my, my brother's always got a phrase where he says he's a player. He's a player. This boy. And, <laughs> and he said he said it about Morris. And I think you you saw more of him playing in the number ten role in terms of the ability he had than you probably yeah, have seen him in his more defensive freedom, performances. Um, so you know, I thought that he was sort of carried the fight a little bit and in really really good on really good feet and was able to sort of feed the ball out when it dropped to him and he seemed to be able to sort of hover in that position off pain where he got a lot of the ball um, yeah. you know in terms of being able to read where the play was going to go so no I, th- I thought he was good to be fair in the number 10 role I and mean, it could have been a, a worry for us that couldn't it but um, yeah it wasn't in the end um, yeah what do you make of him? Yeah he had a good game he was very good at dropping into space um, and I think that's one of the advantages isn't it of having playing someone in that number 10 role Yeah, um, he kept dropping into that space in between the um, the midfielders and the defenders and there was a lot of space and uh, yeah we really did well so I've almost, I actually copied and pasted <laughs> from the Northampton game <laughs> and that we started well good passing good movement um, but we were even better than the Northampton game. We were. Um, and their goalkeeper had a lot of work to do, didn't he, in the first 25, 30 minutes? Yeah, again, it was a, it was a bit of a case of maybe going back to Northampton that we, we, we were better than Northampton. We definitely played with more fluidity and, and much more attacking verve, I suppose. Um, but again, the chances weren't quite clear cut, cut were they? Do you know what I mean? There was no, there was a lot of balls into the box, wasn't there? Yes. A lot of times when the goalkeeper had to come out and kind of like do that diving, um, catching across. Yeah, doing... Um, and I think yeah, we had a lot of ball in the box and a lot of pressure and kind of like there weren't even really half chances, but a lot of creativity and mm. we were getting the ball in the box and we we're putting them under a lot of pressure. And yeah, their noisy fans um, kind of got went quite quiet. Um, and yeah, we really dominated in the first 25 minutes and, um, you know, Payne had quite a few chances and um, um, we were really unlucky not to be winning, I thought. Mm. We were. and I don't disagree with that. South End, South End were playing, basically playing us on the break, weren't they, for that first 20, 25 yeah. minutes? Um, and one of the reasons why we were able to sort of keep recycling the ball was because Nile Ranger was obviously playing up front for South End. And I think for me, I'm going to... Going to come to our top our top three later. I think Toto had, if not his best game, one of his top oh, three games. Oh, he was games. a beast, wasn't he? He was absolute beast. unbeatable in the air, <laughs> and they played a lot yeah. of ball to Ranger. That's his sort of game, isn't it? And then even later on, that Marco and Fortuny Anthony, whatever his name is, I can't remember now. He's obviously got a bit of pedigree as well. He came on, and, and Toto kept him quite as well. You know, manfully helped by Sadler and Brown, who, who were good as well. But um, yeah. yeah, I thought that that was one of the, the sort of you know again key things for us to be able to keep our attacking going is that the defense were able to win the balls back quite quickly and, and get it recycled into midfield, and we were just we were just able to get going a lot quicker than we have been able to for most games this season yeah we certainly did uh, we're unfortunate not to go at half time one goal up yep. I thought we deserved that and we definitely kind of had the better of the play um, they did come into it didn't they at the start yes. of the second the second half drew on um, and we kind of slowed down a little bit um, it was it was almost yeah, it was almost like Ollie that we we went real hard, didn't we? We really played yeah. fast tempo football for the first twenty five half minutes, half an hour. And I was I was saying to the lads around me that we, you know there's no team can play that that fa- that fast for a consistent ninety minutes. You've got to 
step no. off and and take a breather otherwise you'll just you know you'll 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 rope it open won't you you'll just punch yourself out and then you get hit yep. on the break and there was there was a point towards the end of the half where it looked like that was going to happen because i remember a little while again made an, a crucial save didn't he at one point to stop them going one nil ahead so you know we, we almost maybe paid the, the price for that intense start but we didn't we, we still created chances as the half went on but it was yep. just a little bit less intense um and then i would say also towards the start of the second half i thought we would come back out at the same level of intensity but we didn't we were probably a little bit slacker at the start of the second half in terms of of getting ourselves going and actually, you know, they probably had the better of it just before our goal. We, was, we, weren't, we weren't bad. I'm not saying we were bad, but no. they were slightly better than us up to the 64th minute. And obviously when we got the goal then, that was the sort of impetus that carried us through. But um, have you celebrated a goal more than you celebrated Junior Brown's header this season, Ollie? No, it was a special <laughs> one. Especially for Brown as well. Everyone, I really, I think everyone really likes Brown. He seems quite an unassuming character off the field. You know, he doesn't seem too flash. He seems quite, um, he seems quite mellow when he does his match interviews. He's almost shy actually when he's doing his post-match interviews. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what he's like as a, as, a, as an individual. Um, but yeah, he, he's kind of you know it was good for his. For, it was really good for me to see him score. Um, and it was a yeah diving header yeah. Um, from a corner. Um, and their, their manager obviously wasn't very pleased, was he, with um, the fact that there's a sh- potentially the shortest man on the pitch <laughs> um, scoring a header from um, from from a corner. I've got a lot. Did to you say enjoy? I'm taking it. You enjoyed that. I went mad. Yeah, I went absolutely mad. <laughs> like, I got a lot to say about this because like there's so many things off just this one goal about this season that are interesting. One. You know, yeah. we've spent all this time talking about our deficiencies at corners, attacking and defensive, and what could be the thing that saves us? A header from a corner. So that was quite interesting. I, know. I also want to say, Ollie, I'm tempted to cut out a piece of last week's podcast or two weeks ago where I said, Junior, Junior Brown, you must win more headers than anyone on the pitch. I don't know why we don't send him up for corners. And we never have been doing it. We've hardly sent him up for corners all season. He's always been the man to stay back on the halfway line. And we noticed it that on this game, he went up for every corner. And we actually left Riley back for once. And look what yeah. happened. He actually scored. And I, I honestly think he's he's incredibly good in the air and really gets to hang there. And, and it, it's, he times it so well that he might as well be up there. He'd probably get more goals. If you look at most of the goals he scored this season, they've been headers, I think. you know, he had, Yeah, he scored a few from corners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I know he hasn't been doing it all season, but I just I noticed in the last sort of six to week eight weeks he hadn't been going up as much but he is great in the air to be fair and the other thing I was going to say is it was just brilliant that you, you obviously have that sort of microcosm of a season where one goal is, is basically season defining that's the thing that keeps you safe doesn't it and that's the thing that people always remember and for it to be Junior Brown who's you know not a cult hero he's actually a, a really well liked player but it's the sort of thing that might make him a cult hero you know Mickey Brown yeah. sent Chester down it also kind of goes Junior Brown sent Vale down which was sort of the chant on Saturday as well wasn't it and yeah. those sorts of chants and those sorts of talk are the things that make legends not legends maybe because you have to play for a lot longer than he's played for us and yeah. and do something but just we don't really get legends no one plays for us that long you get cult heroes who were amazing for a couple of seasons and did something particularly special that sticks with fans like Grandison was never a, a legend really but he was a cult hero and so yeah for me I think it was brilliant that it was Junior Brown that was the one that popped up with the goal really because it, it's more it's more of a story for the football club over, you know, to be able to talk about with your mates down the years and think about that goal so yeah it was just great it's just so much to think about and talk about with that goal yeah, no, I think also sometimes, you know, that kind of court hero thing sometimes comes from the context and what the story that comes afterwards. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how he goes on. But yeah, he, you know, he should go forward on more corners. And, and they were talking, the manager said they were talking about it at half time. And I think um, Brown had been kind of saying that he should be going up for corners more often. But also during the game, they were trying to target him um, a bit like uh, in that playoff final where they... Um, where Gillingham targeted Ashton. Yeah. And that really worked for them. They tried to target Brown, um, but he's so good at leaping in the air. He's, he's a real good jumper. Um, but yeah, the tactic didn't work. Um, so no, it was good to, um, it was it was great to see and um, yeah, much deserved. And as you said, really interesting um, that we scored from a corner. Mm. And also funny enough as well, I was just looking at the team that played in this game. Um, and obviously um, Luke Viler got booked, didn't he, for time wasting? Yeah. 
but also just no one else got booked. So what's there's a few things, isn't there? So in terms of kind of like Hearst versus Mellon, you know, hard we didn't get, you know, we hardly any bookings in this game, um, and we scored from a, a corner, and we also scored from a set piece away as well as away at Northampton. Mm. So yeah, some big strides. Actually, I'm thinking we had another booking, Ollie, and actually yeah, we did. I was just thinking someone else. I know it was, and I know, I know it was. Can you remember? No, it was I can't Riley. Remember. He got booked for telling the ball boy oh, to yeah. slow down. <laughs> that was it, which yeah. I've never seen before. I love that little boy boy down there in that corner. He's so funny. He's always he always claps along with the chance and stuff as well. <laughs> and he did that thing where um, he goes to give the ball to the player and he drops it. And that player, the, their opposition winger, I think it was like um, Muck something. What was his name? Um, yeah, McLaughlin. Um, um, Probably Scott. He, McLaughlin, yeah. Yeah, McLaughlin, yeah. Um, he... Um, he told him he must have said something to him because I could saw him have, having a word of him. Um, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a cheeky little chap. He's a legend. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. But I like to see him when he gets involved and he gets involved with all the clapping. So yeah, fair play to him. No, he's been doing it a lot this season. That ball boy. He's, yeah. he's one of the best things throughout this season. I think we should we should definitely retain him for <laughs> next look, season. I'll tell you what, it'd be brilliant if he ends up playing for Shrewsbury. Um, <laughs> yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah. then the, people could show those clips of him um, on um, on TV. He was already he winning us points as a ball boy. There you go. That's, that's, that's a brilliant <laughs> thing for it. But um. Yeah, but just going back to Riley though, he got so we should say that. I mean, I don't think we really time wasted. Other than Lutwiler taking a little bit too long over the goal kicks, yeah. and even when he got booked, I thought it was amazing. He still took ages to take it. I was he like, did, yeah, gonna get like two bookings. Now, <laughs> but um, other than that, I don't think we did time waste. I think we actually kept going, and we really wanted to, to win the game, and, and we didn't really try and choke it out as much as we normally do. And the other nice thing about it, Ollie, was we didn't sit back. You know, as soon as we scored, you know, we were all sitting here thinking, oh, we'll do a typical shooter thing. We'll sit back too deep. And we'll invite them on to us. And we didn't. We, we played played them at arm's length, really. They they probably were decent enough to maybe have got a goal, but we also could have maybe got one on the break. But we didn't sit, you know, back on the edge of our, you know, 16-yard box, just letting them come at us. And that was that was credit to them, really. I mean, they, they did have some absolute glorious chances, didn't they, with scrambles around in the box. And there was one that particularly should have been scored. But it was a bit, you know, on the edge of your seat stuff. But that's what you want from a game of football, you know. And that was, again, one of the reasons why it was added to the drama and they snatched at their chances when it was vital. And that was that was the tale of their season, really, that they've sort of almost blown their promotion chances. So, yeah, we, we probably got lucky at some points, but... You know, luck we've deserved this season, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's been a it's been a long roller coaster of a season, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. So, and then we went into obviously injury time, Ollie, um, one nil up, and so we were trying to see the game. And then there was five minutes injury time. I'm not quite sure where that came from. Obviously, no. That, I was very surprised about that. Um, I was quite furious. You know what I like at times um, during the game, and I was just like, "Where's this five minutes come from?" Mm. I don't, maybe the um, the manager had been twisting the ear of the false official. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I think just going before we got to injury time, it was at one point um, we were obviously winning one nil. Swindon were one nil down, um, and Port Vale were one nil down, which was the series of results we needed to be, you know, all but you know a massive goal difference, you know, change around being safe. Um, and that was it. One goal in all those games. There was a good ten minute period in the run up to sort of the ninetieth minute where. You know, a goal in any of those games could have hugely changed the situation. You know, for any of those three teams, and we were lucky. You know that eventually Swindon conceded, and then they'd been fighting at Port Vale, so they were running a bit late, weren't they? Um, in terms of the finish time for their game, and they obviously then let a late one in. You know, pretty much when we were into the sort of the ninety-fifth minute, and once everyone sort of saw that goal come in uh, um, through on the sort of phones and stuff, you knew that as long as we held on, we were pretty much safe. So it was almost a case yeah. of get it down there, and we, we had a couple of breaks, didn't we? Where everyone was thinking, "Oh God, just go for the corner," and we actually did. And we, they did. Yeah, Wally did a good job there didn't he? Yeah. he and he got a few corners by just kicking it off the um off the um the fullback's legs yeah so him he, and Payne did well yeah they did really well down in the corner and then that was it final whistle went and then everyone went a bit mad <laughs> a load of people ran on the pitch um you know huge huge celebrations all around the stadium and and 
just a huge release of tension, wasn't it, Ollie? That was that was yeah. more more my feeling of it. Um, you know, celebrating the fact we stayed up. You know, we didn't won anything, we haven't won anything technically, but you know, just that whole huge relief that we have not been good this season. We've we've stayed up and we get a chance to go again. And you know, that, that doesn't not put a smile on your face. It makes you particularly chuffed, doesn't it? It was a, it was a good end. Um, a nice sunny day. Um, yep. Finally got some rewards. And yeah, for all those fans that have been going to all those games, we've um, yeah, we got some deserves. And I think. Um, Hurst was mentioning, wasn't he? Um, that you know, it's been a good. He's had a good spell under us yeah. um, when he's been managing us. But also, we've been very unlucky. We've had a lot of decisions go against us. We've had a lot of odd decisions, odd sending offs, goals disallowed. You know, some dodgy refereeing at times. Um, and I genuinely would think that you know, if we had gone down, um, we could still, but Vale will have to perform miracles. I'd love to see the odds of two five nil Vale wins. Um, Anything can happen, Ollie. Just I, honestly, I say this to any huge town fan listening to this podcast. We're safe. I don't know why anyone yeah, in the world safe. is worrying about it. But there's still some people saying, "Oh, it might happen," but it won't happen. No, no, no. That's why I'm saying it took me almost to today, this morning. <laughs> and then I don't know if you saw right. Or was it last night? I tweeted um, on the Salopcast um, account. Um, you know, we're staying up because it almost like you know, it just took a little bit of time just to kind of realise, yeah. That ain't happening. They're not going to do <laughs> no, that. It, 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 it did take you some time because I, I I went down the front to stand and wait for the lap of honour. I didn't go on the pitch and nor did you, Ollie. And the first thing you did no. when you came up behind us was say, oh, it's not mathematically sorted yet. And I was like, oh, Wally. <laughs> Come on, mate. You know, there we go. I think it was so, just me being cautious. I think you are. Yeah. I think you were. But yeah, I think you don't need to be cautious anymore. I think it's fine. But um, yeah, yeah I, I just want to say about the post-match celebrations, really. You know, probably just worth covering that. The final roar on the whistle was ace. Pr- pretty much yeah. one of the nice, you know, best roars and, and sort of real cheers of the season you know we've had some good results and stuff and there's been good cheers but that that was it was ace i enjoyed that and obviously the pitch yeah. invasion and there had been a bit of debate out there about whether people would run on the pitch and you know was it is it really worth it you know for staying up sort of thing i don't know have you changed your mind about it because i think you were quite negative about pitch invasion weren't you did, did the sort of way it happened make you feel any different about it no <laughs> no I, go um, on you could be missing five so- minutes on this podcast Ollie. yeah i think there's um, um some younger chaps who are very keen to us get on the pitch um, and I think that, yeah, I think some people are a little bit eager to get on the pitch. Mm. I don't think that um, there was ever a real... Um, oh, sorry, you have to cut this out again. I think, yeah, I think it's unnecessary. I, th- I, don't, I think if you're going to win the league or get promotion, yeah, yeah, definitely running on the pitch has some kind of, you know, special moments. You saw the Bright, um, Brighton um, fans do it, and you've seen um, apparently Lincoln City fans did it as yeah, well. Yeah, that. Um, winning at home 1-0, um, <laughs> staying up... It's not really running on the pitch moment. I don't know. Not for you. I know. I, I, can no. think, I think it's definitely there was way less people on the pitch than there was for say when we got promoted. Um, oh yeah, I was on the. I went on the pitch not straight yeah. away, but when we went when we went up from League Two, and I, and also obviously we went on the pitch didn't we away at um, Cheltenham as well. Yeah. Um, so we went on twice. But, exactly. Um, and even and even then though, I think a lot of people just went home, which was a bit weird. You know. I, Considering there was that release of tension, and then we always do a lap of honour, right? The, the fact the team always do it, and I've always stayed every season to, to stay yeah. for the lap of honour because you know you've been to whatever thirty five, maybe forty odd games a season when you had all the cups in. I probably haven't been to many less than that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's an effort that some players have put in this season that has to be recognised as being some of the reasons why they've kept us up. And and you want the fan, you want to be able to say thank you to players, and you want yeah. the players to be able to make you feel like they thank you for your efforts this season, which is what the lap of honour is about. And the pitch invasion kind of ruined it because everyone ran on the pitch, and I'm sure that the people that ran on there sort of went up to the players and gave them a hug, and, and that was good and stuff. But 
but by the time the pitch had cleared, so many people had gone home. We were standing there, weren't we, Ollie? And there was probably yeah. less than, you know, maybe there were 6,000 town fans in for the game. There can't be more than 1,500 for the yeah, Less than 1,000. It felt, it felt empty. Considering we're, especially as we were in by the halfway line in the West Stand, mm. one, um, where we, near where we sit. Um, it felt empty. It felt like there was only like 50 yeah. of us. And like, you know, everyone had gone. So, yeah, all this, being, I don't know, it's not be too negative. No, it was just, it was, you know, it's not a negative thing at all. It's just, no. I just thought it was interesting. And and, and whether the days of laps, of laps of honour being important to people have gone now, I don't know, because it, it doesn't no, seem like it's just as so, important. But, but... Yeah, interesting point. I was just um, just looking on the internet, actually, and Port Vale winning 5-0 at home is 500 to uh, 250 to 1. Which wow. is pretty, which is pretty remarkable for one-off games. So obviously, multiply that together. That's quite a um, unlikely event in, in, no, in odds. It's not. It's nowhere near. Exactly. They'll probably it, do it. It's, it's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so there we go. So yeah, um, that was it. I was just talking about the lap of honor, wasn't it? One of the yeah. things I did enjoy the most about the lap of honor that Toto was walking around the pitch with his uh, pre-match drink, which to me looked like a, a two-point liter of chocolate milk. So obviously, it doesn't seem like that's the sort of athletic thing you might drink after. I'm sure it probably wasn't. I'm sure it was like some sort probably of protein, protein shake. shake. <laughs> or maybe look... Yazoo or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's just have a celebrate your Yazoo at the end of the game. There's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, and, and you know, me and you clapped him off, didn't you? And the best thing for you, yep. Ollie, about the uh, post match celebrations was you've got to finally meet my mum. <laughs> I did. I which did. was nice. So uh, she's like, oh, surprise. you're Ollie, are you? There you go. That was yeah. my impression of my mum. So that was good. <laughs> so, what was your top three, Ollie? Um, I went Payne. I thought he just put in a proper um, solid performance again. I think we did really good. Um, Toto was a beast, wasn't he, again? Yeah. Um, he was solid. Um, and Junior Brown, just for his, you know, he's really strong in defence, won a lot of headers, and he, and he scored that fantastic diving header for the for the goal. Yep. So, yep, they were my top three. Yeah, I went for, I went for, funnily enough, considering we won 1-0, but, you know, when we, we were playing front foot football, I went for three defenders, but you couldn't really argue with Toto being man of the match either, could you? He was... He was brilliant, yeah. as we just said. And and Brown for the goal. Again, I, I just like moments and, and players popping up at the right minute. And then I, again, I went for Sadler. I've been seeming to put Sadler in my top three pretty much every game at the moment. But I just think, just such a calming presence when he's playing well. Um, So I've, I've said this every week for weeks now. But again, I went for him for number three as well. So... Yeah, that that's sort of uh, that's my last top three because I'm not going to Oxford, Ollie. So the last no. top three of the season will be yours to pick. <laughs> oh, it feels sad, almost, isn't it? It's coming oh. to the, the end of the season, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been an interesting season. Obviously, very interesting for the both of us doing this podcast. Yes, uh, but we'll talk about that uh, later on in a, in a extended pod. Yeah, what did others have to say then on, on your three-word match reports? Yeah, so um, such a relief um, from Wayne Davis. Um, um, a a Shrewsbury Town fan called Ian Whitfield said nearly there. <laughs> um, Pete Oakley was a mentally um, fatiguing season, which I thought was quite nice. My girlfriend I know, that one. I know Pete. He has yeah, been, men- he has been mentally fatigued yeah. this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost mathematically safe, um, which obviously is a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. And also then, also quite important for town fans, sending Vale down, um, which is considering they beat us, um, obviously we had that quite frustrating um, evening um, at a very wet um, um, Vale. Um, it was nice to see them send them down. And I'm sure we'll remind them of that if we, ever, if we play them together in the next few years. I was looking at the table, though. Although they, they're probably mathematically unlikely to catch us, they can still catch, because we're above Gillingham now, aren't we, again? I'm, I'm after um, the table, I think. Yeah, so I think they can still. The, look at the agendas. Yeah, they think they can potentially still stay up, can't they? I know we're going to talk. Yeah, we've well, got we'll two about games. Yeah, yeah, we got that. We got tables when we get to news. Okay, but, we'll um, but yeah, exactly. Okie dokie. So there they go. I think that sums up. I mean, Paul Hurst had some nice, interesting things to say at the end of the game, didn't he? Do you want to run over those just quickly? And then yeah, we'll it was just up. kind of like um, yeah, the half time he was talking about telling to get the ball to the Jack back post to Junior Brown. Um, and he's talked about how about pressure, um, which is quite interesting. We talked about pressure um, going into the game and we handled it and thought the players did fantastically well. Mm. Um, in the first half, we were the far the better team and they 
they had a little spell just before half, which we we spot we also noted on. Second half, they started better, but they didn't really test Luke Viola. Um, it was deserved and I'm died for everyone connected to the football club. Um, yeah. So yeah, Good. yeah, fair play to Hurst, the hero. What a ledge. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a interesting summer for him as well, and I think yeah. that. Um, yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about players coming in and out, I think, because I think that some of the players he brought in might have been uh, sticking pastors on a broken leg that yep. have just done a job for the moment, but we'll need some surgery at some point. So, yeah, we shall see how it goes anyway. So, overall, yep. happy days. I, I came home and, well, I didn't come home actually. They left the fan zone open after the game. So, there was probably about 200 town fans in there having a bit of a drink at the end oh, of the game, okay. listening to music, which was which was a nice way to end the season in the sun. Um, just standing by the stadium, you know, just sort of basking in that sort of glow of it having job been done. Everyone's just happy, and, and just you know, again, we've talked about the fan zone a lot, but again, it's it's brought so much to a match day for me personally. So, yeah, I think that's again been been a nice way to end the season. Really, just standing there with your friends, having a drink, talking about the good things that happened that day. So. What more can you say than that, Ollie? No, I was just going to say it was my last time I drive. I drive um, down the A um, four five eight for a while, but we won't be, will it? Because I need to drive to Shrewsbury to do our um, our special round oh, the yeah. table summer of the season. And then you can have a rest, Ollie. We'll let you exactly. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So cool. So hopefully that's caught everyone up on sort yep. of how exciting Saturday was, and we'll we'll move on to Salop news now and cover some bits and pieces that's happened in between the last two weeks. Um, yep. And then we'll, we'll see what else there is. The referee blows the whistle. And it's call time on this uh, traditional end of season curtain down a rapturous applause. Rapturous applause from the home supporters. Good from night. me, Colin Bloomfield, and from away supporters, veteran yep. Glenn Price. Good night. Oh, we'll get. Okay, so Salop News. Um, so the table um, with one game left um, is Chesterfield bottom with 37 points, um, Coventry um, with 39, Swindon 44, Port Vale 45 in that last relegation spot. So they are currently four points behind um, Gillingham. Yeah. But they have got six points to play for. So mm. they could, they could, they could if they get obviously. You know, if they win, if they get win both their games, they get to fifty-one points, which means Berry and Gillingham are not over yet. Um, I was chatting to my um, Berry mates on Facebook, and they've got Southend Ooh. next. So yeah, their 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 fixtures have followed us. Oh, the old computer, yeah, they've had quite a lot of games after we've played the teams. So obviously their Swindon manager is going to be pretty furious and they've got a lot to fight for. So yeah, that's not going to be an easy game for them. Um, and then obviously Gillingham um, are still still in the place. But um, I hope that um, the the bottom four remains the bottom four because I'm pretty sure they're the bottom four I predicted to go down. Oh, about, um, about, about 15 pods ago. So yeah, so obviously Shrewsbury are... 99.9% safe yeah. um, and then yeah you just wanted to make some comment about um, yeah I was looking at about because obviously we've got if you look up to 16th I think I can't remember who's in 16th now could be Charlton I can't remember who it is now but we're only a couple of points behind them like I think they're yeah on. Northampton Northampton, Northampton uh, that's it yeah you've got Oldham and Northampton on fifth, both on 52 points um, Wimbledon have got 56 and 15th so if we win at Oxford and they both lose we'll finish 16th which yeah. is interesting because that that's the highest we ever got under Turner you know it's the highest we've got in League One in the most recent sort of you know, last five, seven years when yep. we've been up here. So we could equal the highest finish in the league um, since we got relegated out of the championship back in, like, I think it was 1989. So it'd be interesting to see after this entire season that we would still be the highest we finished in the Football League for, like, yeah. you know, equal highest we finished in the Football League for something like 20, 20 odd years, whatever it is. So just an interesting that we could end up sort of putting a quite a nice sort of shine on the season. No, it's obviously not yeah. been brilliant, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we do win and they both lose next weekend that we end up 16th, which is comfortably mid table, really. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting one. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get a good result and I'm sure there'll be a lot of town fans going uh, until last game of the season. Yeah, it's always a good game, isn't it? To be fair. Well, yeah. it is interesting looking at the table, how Coventry have hauled themselves off the bottom. 
Christ, I mean, Chesterfield must have been playing badly because Chesterfield were like six or seven points of drift at one point, weren't they? So yeah, they were. Well, done... we were adrift, weren't we? Yeah, we, well, we, we know how far behind we were and how much of a job <laughs> yeah. Burst has done to get us out of it. So that was it. So yeah, it's probably just worth running through the table there just as, um, yeah. as we were talking about it. But um, yes, then we've obviously had um, a lot of stuff happening in the last two weeks. One of them was obviously our new youth pros and the ones which have been contracts, Ollie. Um, so we just made a note. It was Ryan Sears, Callum Roberts, Chris Gallagher, George Hughes and John McAtee. So, yeah, great to see us offering five young lads a contract. I can't remember the last time that happened. No, I was um, I was catching up on um, on Shoes Player and they had, um, I don't know the guy's name, but they had, um, I was listening to um, the interview with the Academy Director and he was saying how five is obviously such a, you know, a special number. Yeah. And it really is, you know, it's a huge, huge number. So, yeah, fair play to them and fair play to the lads. Obviously, the hard work does start now. Um, mm. There's one thing getting a pro contract, there's one becoming a pro player. And, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It's Ryan Sears is the lad who we gave a contract too early wasn't it yeah I think it, he, yeah. he got it offered didn't he yeah. maybe a few so months so he's back, but... he sounds like he's a bit of a talent you know you, you hear rumours of um, other clubs looking at him yeah. um, so yeah that'd be interesting to see who how many of them make it through um and yeah, we can talk about them in the context of the yeah, next season and mm. the squad um, when we do the round table. It's um, interesting, Ollie, well, because I think when we really talked about him, the rules are changing next year, aren't they? For yeah, the they are. You've got so to... you've got to have a youth-grown player on the bench every. Yeah, you've got to have now. more players. Yeah, yeah you've got to so have a lot more youth players. So you, you need you need a few more. So maybe that plays a part in why we're off contracts. The, the player that stood out for me when I've seen a few youth games was that John McAtee. He, he was a, yeah. he was a good little player. So yeah, hopefully they do well. And also talking about young players, we recall Callum Burton, which is quite yeah. interesting. Um, whether you know that was to an eye of gambling that we would do all right on Saturday and, and giving him a go in the Oxford game because he, he I think he played a couple of the games towards the end of last season didn't he when we were safe uh, sorry yep. when we were up was it up no safe last season no wasn't safe it? yeah um, God, I'm getting my seasons mixed up um, so I wonder whether he'll start at Oxford what do you think yeah no I think there's a good chance he will um, uh, yeah it's an interesting one maybe it was just the deal that they had with Telford um, as mm. soon as you're safe we'll have him back yeah yeah, because they were safe on Saturday as well, weren't they? I saw that yeah. as well. So maybe that is the deal as well. And yeah, it, I hear it too throws, much about Telford. It's a bit more interesting in it as well, is that you know the, we'll come to the fans' awards evening and who won what at the end of the season. But um, there was an indication from House that he won't be there next year at the fans' award thing. It, apparently he'd been oh, talking okay. to people off sort of off the record. I probably shouldn't have said that, but there you go. <laughs> um, so whether that's recalling Burton to give him a chance to see whether he can make a stake for number two next season because he's been getting good reviews at Telford. Yeah, interesting. Maybe maybe, maybe those things are connected. So um, that was good. The main news, as obviously we've been very positive about Abu Agogo, is because um, we haven't covered this, he only got offered the contract you know, in between our, our podcast in the last two weeks, is that we offered him a contract. Well, we took up the option of extra year on Agogo. So we will be able to see him play next year now, which is great because I think yeah, he's it's fantastic. fantastic. So, um, yeah, there's not much more to say to that. Otherwise, it's something we were asking for for months, isn't it, Ollie? So, <laughs> you know, there we go. We got our wish. Um, and yeah, the end of season awards were last, I think they were last Thursday night. Um, I didn't yeah. go. Uh, I was away from home, and I think you probably probably too far for you. But yeah, interesting. The main winners, obviously Sadler, um, Abu Agogo, Junior Brown, picked up a few of the awards. I think they mo- most got one or two each. Um, and then um, Wally <laughs> got Player of the Season from the away travel club, which I thought was a bit interesting. Um, but as people like attacking wingers, don't they? Not not for me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he got that. But um, yeah, obviously shows that Sadler, Agogo, and Brown were sort of the standout players this season. And you can't really disagree with that, can you, Wally? No, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, it's obviously just Towns fans um obviously having yeah i think it's a i think it's quite generous for wally getting in there um, and obviously in terms of the context the whole season um sadly obviously didn't, didn't really play did he in the first half in the man no, no. but Wait, anyhow did, and then he got dropped because he was rubbish yeah he did <laughs> so we can't, we can't quite forget that but yeah that was interesting no. i thought it was quite interesting as well i was watching the um shoesby town put a video out for goal of the season 
and um, and the first goal in goal of the season is a huge deflection. I was like, surely we've scored enough goals that we haven't got to put goals in with deflection. I think I all of them are in there, aren't they? Because there's some terrible goals in there. Yeah, they're not. They're I only not, watched a bit of it. Yeah, they're not great. <laughs> it's a bit weird, but there we go. So that was it. That's really all the news. I suppose, you know, it's more about contracts and, and we're going to be having a lot more news over summer, aren't we, about what's been going yeah. on with transfers and people being released and stuff. Um, it was interesting to see McGiven and El Abd and, and Lancashire again on Saturday doing the lap of honour, <laughs> looking pretty miserable. But there we <laughs> yeah. go. We sh- we've we obviously got a lot of unanswered questions about a fair few players, haven't we? So we shall look forward to that. So um, we'll just go straight into predictions, Ollie, because I know you're keen to get to it. Yeah, we are, yeah. So, yeah, predictions. So obviously I've been on a bit of a... Um, Recovery. Bit of, well, yeah, I've, I've recovered. Oh, before after that. having a poor patch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I went for one all in the first Warsaw game. game, yeah. Warsaw game, yeah. So I went for one all, um, and you went for one nil to Salop. Um and that means that it's now 30 to Glynn, 29 with me. So one, one to point play. in it, one point in it. Um, and yeah, all to play for, for the scarf. Yeah. So who's going who's gonna to be warm in the winter months? It's tricky predicting this final Oxford game. It isn't is. It? Because Christ knows what we'll do or they'll do. You know, you generally get, you know, as we did last year, you generally get a few players thrown in there, you know, into the lion's den, see if you sink or swim, are you worth a, are you worth a go next season? And, uh, you know, Hurst strikes me as the sort of guy that probably will give a few of the youth lads a go. Um, I, I think Burton will probably start. I know I wouldn't be surprised to see that happening. So it obviously, but I also can see Oxford doing similar things as well. So it's in, pff, it's pretty hard to figure out what's going on. So for me, I, I'll pick first, Ollie. I don't know if you don't mind. I'll go for a yeah. a one-one draw because it seems like you know it might just play itself Ooh. out. There's nothing riding on it, and you know people will get a run out. No one's going to want to get hurt before the end of the season, are they? So. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go for. I think a bit of a, a nondescript 1-1 game. Oh, four. I've written down two scores. <laughs> and the first one I wrote down was one all. Oh. And then I changed my mind on the basis, and you've covered this nicely as well, that I think there's going to be quite a bit of experimental teams from both sides, mm. especially if they'll lose on Tuesday. Um, you know, Hurst isn't going to play the kids after Vale of one like seven nil or something, um, so I'm going to go for two all draw. Oh, that's a good shout because it could be goals in it if players exactly. are messed around with it at the back or in goal. Um, you know, you could even say to Lancashire, "Here's one last chance to impress me" or something like that. And you know, God knows what happened then. The so, tool. yeah, I no. think two all's a fair shout, that Ollie. So we shall see if it's a draw. Any kind of draw other than a one-one or a two-two, I win. So hopefully it's nil-nil and I win as well. So that, <laughs> having that one-point lead covers me a bit easier than you, doesn't it? You've got to kind of go for it. So I know you've done well there because I was ahead all season and you were quite despondent at one point as well. That was just shows you. Just because damn crap. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yes, no. we've finally got. And so we're gonna we've got one more podcast this season. So um, we're gonna cover the last game of the season, which will be next Sunday when Ollie goes yep. to Oxford. Um, we won't we won't be able to bring it out next Sunday, Ollie, because I'm going as I've mentioned before. I'm going yurting in you Wales are. with no electricity and phone signal for three days. So we'll probably bring out that last podcast a little bit after the end of the season and just get some, you know, we can get some final thoughts in that as well, can't we? And then we've got a series of summer specials that we've been planning, but we won't go over those now either, Ollie. We'll no. we'll talk about those next week, won't we? And, and yep. firm up some well, plans. We kind of, so, we could probably worth showing up some dates as well yeah. of what we're going to do, and yeah, we'll maybe give guys a bit of a um, an understanding of what we're going to do. Obviously, we'll have a break because there's nothing to talk about for a while. Uh, um, after we do our round table, but yeah, um, yeah we'll yeah. Um, we'll let everyone know what we're going to do next pod. We'll let, we can rest our vocal cords for the for the summer for a little bit, and then we'll be back next season, won't we? But um, yeah, well, I'll have to do some from Austria again, Ollie, because I've booked my summer holidays this year. So during the start <laughs> of the season, so I shall be using the Austrian Austrian internet again. But there we go. So all in all, Ollie, we can leave on a happy, positive note for this podcast, and you know, it's just it's great, isn't it? You know, 
it's been a total roller coaster, like we've talked about all season. But just to get to the final bit of this roller coaster being something good, you know, you, we can be miserable at times. We can be fairly critical, but we can also be hugely positive and thankful for our football club. And I think there's nothing more we can really say than you know. We both love Shrewsbury Town and we're bloody delighted they stayed up, frankly, aren't we? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, there we go. All right, we shall leave it there, Ollie, and we shall speak to you next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening.